0: beloved church of god beginning our service before the lord let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope let the resurrection of christ reign in our bodies amen let us bow our heads in prayer dear heavenly father in the name of jesus christ we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name and so allow your inheritance in the name of the covenant of blood to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us in the name of jesus christ may in this service be cursed as before all the works of devil illnesses poverty premature death demonic dependencies all forms of fear phobias depression destruction stagnancy ignorance all of this let it depart from the tents of your holy people And stand, O Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented in your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. May you be blessed and seated the place of Scripture Matthew chapter 5 verses 45 and 48 so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect The Sermon of Apostle Arcadi is called to Perfection. This promised commandment is written in the book of Matthew and is presented to us in the series of sermons of Apostle Arcadi. and these, this word is inheritance of saints of all time. It is addressed by Christ only to His disciples, and therefore, Those who do not acknowledge over themselves the authority of the person sent by God have no relation whatsoever to the inheritance of this commandment and cannot have any relation to it. 2 Peter 1, verses 20-21 Knowing this, first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God, Holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. According to this definition, the true will of God was laid out in Scripture not through men that were led by the power of their own intellect, but through men who were led by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, interpretation of the will of God belongs exclusively to those who are led by the power of the mind of Christ. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 2, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment of, of us, the apostles, of the Lord and Savior. Here, Apostle Peter calls this commandment the teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh. He calls it a commandment. Apostle Paul calls this the Christian faith teaching, the great mystery of Godliness, or rather, the reigning teaching of Christ. Jesus himself called his teaching the narrow gates and the narrow path. And the prophet Jeremiah, according to movement of the Holy Spirit, called this teaching the ancient path of goodness. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 For this reason, We also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in the truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Based on this place of scripture, we see that only through the knowledge over ourselves of the person sent by God, accepting this word that we hear, not as the word of man, but as the word of God, which becomes our living inheritance, which lives in us. Therefore, we are blessed that we hear this living, moving word. When Jesus turned to the people, He was surrounded by disciples and a multitude of people. And when he spoke to the people, then one woman from the people, having raised her voice, said to him, Blessed is the womb that carried you and the breast that fed you. Jesus said, Blessed are you who hear and who observe the word. John 14 verses 15 and 21 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. He who has My commandments and keeps them, it is He who loves Me, and He who loves Me will be loved by My Father, and I will love Him and manifest Myself to Him. And here we see that whom He loves, who to whom does He love, and to whom is He revealed? Those that have these commandments, who follow them. Those who wrote on the tablets of their heart, who carried this teaching in it through Mimunarim. And how was He revealed to them? He is revealed to us in His Word, in His divine order. Through these great gifts, He showed us the path in waiting for the adoption of our body. And with regard to the fulfillment of this commandment, to be vigilant over the Word of God in our heart, Just as God is vigilant over the words spoken by Him in the temple of our body, we have stopped to study the following question. What specific goals is the righteousness of God called to pursue, with which we collaborate in our heart, and in part on the fact that the purpose of the righteousness of God in our heart, accepted by us in the broken tablets of testimony, in which we, in the death of the Lord Jesus, with the law, died to the law, so that in the new tablets of testimony that signify the resurrection of Christ, we could receive justification so that we could live for the one who died and rose. And in this manner, we can gain affirmation of our salvation in the new tablets of testimony that signify the resurrection of Christ, so that we could give God the basis to give us the promise, not through the former law, but through the righteousness of faith, just like he had given this promise to Abraham and his seed. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, so Romans 14 says also, For the promise that he would be the heir of peace was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. We have noted that the righteousness of faith is defined by the obedience of our faith to the faith of God. That is presented in the preached word of the messengers of God at the head of which is the person who represents for us the fatherhood of God and therefore the promise of the peace of God is given only to those people who submit are submitted to the order of God according to which he sends us his word through the lips of the messenger of God thus the covenant of peace in the heart of a person is the result of of his obedience of his faith to the faith of God in the words of the Messenger of God. Through righteousness by faith, the covenant of peace presented is called to be in the heart of a person as evidence that we are the children of God. John one, three, ten the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God nor is he who does not love his brother. And I will read Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. Another parable he put forth, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. In Scripture, there exist two kinds of salvation as well as two kinds of righteousness, which cannot exist without one another, because they follow one another and they flow from one another. Each of these kinds has its specific levels that are tied to our growth in the faith. The first format of salvation is given to us in the format of a seed as a deposit. If the deposit upon fulfillment of certain decrees, commandments, and statutes is not placed into circulation, or rather is not grown, we will lose our salvation, and we ourselves will be turned into the category of the called, because of which our names will be blotted out of the Book of Life, and we will inherit eternal perdition, along with devil and his angels, we should note that we are talking about the salvation of our life as a whole, which includes our spirit, soul, and body. That is why in every sermon, the pastor reminds us that salvation is given to us in the seed which we must place into circulation. The pastor said that At a certain time, according to inspiration of the Holy Spirit, He changed the format of the Word so that in every sermon, focus can be placed on the fact that salvation that we receive in our birth from the seed of the Word of Truth is given to us in the format of a deposit, which is necessary to place into circulation. To place into circulation the deposit of our salvation means to ratify the law of salvation for our soul the salvation of the soul that is not going to be ratified by us in our heart this salvation will not receive the legal right to save our soul therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls james 1 21 If you've paid attention, here a pastor turns our attention to the character of this commandment. It, on one hand, is addressed to that category of people that has already accepted salvation by faith in Christ Jesus. On the other hand, this commandment tells us that despite the fact that we have salvation through our faith in Christ Jesus, our soul, or rather our life, is not yet clothed in salvation and it is necessary for us to do something in order to save our soul. And this something, in the book of Apostle James, is the necessity to lay aside all wickedness and malice, so that in meekness we could accept the implanted word. According to this, it follows that the salvation for our souls, which we received as a gift of grace and birth from the seed of the word of truth, is truly given to us in the format of a deposit. And in order to save our soul, it is necessary for this deposit of our salvation to place it into circulation so that we can receive salvation for our soul. The second format of salvation is given to us as a guarantee in the form of the fruit that we offer that is necessary to keep and to multiply. Revelation 3, 10, 11. Because you have kept My command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world, to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown." And so the first form of righteousness a person receives at the moment of the acceptance of his salvation, if, of course, he accepts it on the conditions of God. This kind of righteousness cannot be the garment of righteousness, because we receive it in the kind of salvation that is the deposit that is necessary to place into circulation. And only then, when our circulation brings us income, we will be given the right to be clothed in the garments of salvation or into the new man. The second kind of righteousness that we receive through instruction and in faith is the reward that clothes us in the powers of the fear of the Lord and makes us capable of distinguishing good from evil and practicing righteousness in the works of justice. If a person does not affirm his righteousness in the covenant of salt and the covenant of rest, which he received in the covenant of blood as a gift according to grace, According to the redemption of Christ Jesus then righteousness accepted by him in the covenant of blood will stop being righteousness and his name will forever be blotted out of the book of life the definition of righteousness is the fulfillment of our calling which is expressed in observing and keeping our dignity that is defined by the place in the body of Saints which God has placed a sun. Only the righteous who practice righteousness, and that they walk or they observe their ways and hold their place in the assembly of Christ, only they can praise God. Psalms thirty three, one Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. He who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold i am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work revelation 22 11 through 12. considering that the righteousness of god that we saw in the broken tablets of testimony is multifaceted and multifunctional and we will study What is the essence of the root of righteousness? Where does righteousness flow from? And what is justification according to its essence? As well as with what characteristics the scripture endow words like righteousness, justice, righteous, and works of righteousness. We have noted that etymology of the word truth, justification, righteous, and righteousness in hebrew contains a rich semantic and meaning. and in these four verbs is hidden the full teaching of jesus christ who came in the flesh and these words are the revelation of who god is for us what god has done for us and what we need to do to inherit all that god done has done for us in christ jesus And so, Pastor offers us an expanded definition of a verity, or rather, truth, justice, righteous, and righteousness. And truth is holiness, it is the law, covenant, justification, it is righteousness, lawful, fairness, commandment, statute, decree, court, justice, fairness, straightness, loyalty, truthfulness, Consistency, duration, immutability, truthfulness, truth, wisdom, the light of life, honesty, sincerity, purity, resurrection of life, freedom of Christ. And justification is eternal redemption, ransom from the captivity of sin and death. It is the abolition of guilt or the non imputation of sin. It is to take into the ownership. And the law of God is resurrection adoption and resurrection from the dead righteous means holy pleasing innocent without blemish honest fair free from uh, free from oath not bound by sin dead to sin alive for the truth being in the covenant with God trusting and hoping in God pleasant finding favor with God He who honors God with tithes and offerings, being in God and rejoicing in God, propagating the fragrance of Christ. Righteousness is hope and trust in God. It is faith in the fact that there is a God and those who seek Him, He rewards. It is peace with God based on a covenant with God. It is the consecration of one's dedication. It is observing the justice of God, the phenomenon of holiness and the performance of justice, the phenomenon of unblemished joy. It is remaining in your assembly, offering to God a sacrifice of praise, honoring God with tithes and offerings, and showing goodness in your faith. Based on these definitions, In defining righteousness, we drew attention to the fact that what Scripture views under the terms of righteousness in relation to man, in the format and boundaries of the service of justification, because the service of justification is founded and affirmed in the law of grace which is placed opposite the service of condemnation in the format of the Law of Moses. If in the service of condemnation in the format of the Law of Moses was given for a person who is a sinner and lawless, and thus condemned him, and after the breaking of these tablets, in which a person received justification, The new tablets of testimony which were created and written on not by God but by man gave a person with a righteous heart were given to a person with a righteous heart who received justification to the broken tablets of testimony thanks to his birth. Considering the factor of justification which a person received in the broken tablets of testimony, then the image of the new tablets written by a person on the tablets of his heart, could not condemn the righteousness of God in man. On the contrary, it endowed a justified person with the powers to be ministers of the new covenant in order to practice the righteousness of God. He gave us he made us sufficient as ministers of the New Covenant, not of the letter but of the Spirit, for the letter kills but the Spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the mystery of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. According to these words, the righteousness of God, shown in the boundaries of grace, built from the broken tablets of testimony into the new tablets of testimony, is the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And the New Thomas testimony became the law of Spirit of Life and the law of liberty in Christ Jesus. And a righteous person is a God-fearing man who honors the law of grace, lives by the law of grace, and does not sin against the law of grace. Considering that righteousness defines and expresses itself in the holiness of truth, it was necessary for us to define what, from these two terms, is the Root and what grows from this Root. So that terms such as Holiness, Truth and Righteousness would not be seen as identical twins, although they resemble one another. However, each one of them has definitive definitions and purposes that correspond to their essence. For example, According to definitions in Scripture, righteousness comes from the mutual root of two terms, holiness of truth, whereas the combination of holiness and truth reproduce themselves in righteousness the same way a father reproduces himself in his son or a seed reproduces itself in fruit. From this we note that holiness of truth is the root out of which God's righteousness grows in the heart of man. Therefore, holiness of truth defines the state of the heart of man, whereas righteousness, in the same way a father reproduces himself in a son or produces itself in the fruit, grows in the heart of man. Thus, It is the holiness of truth in action, righteousness or rather is the holiness of truth in action or a result of what holiness of truth reproduces. And so therefore the authenticity of righteousness is always intended to be checked and affirmed by the source of its origin or rather the root of the holiness of truth or the holy word of truth in scripture. It is necessary for us to take places of scripture that determine the orange of righteousness from the root of holiness of truth, as well as the nature of righteousness itself, which yields the state of the heart of a righteous man and his deeds. Justification and the affirmation of this justification, which we are called to receive in the broken tablets of the law that represent the death of our Lord Jesus, will clothe us and lead us into the inheritance of God's righteousness. With regard to this multifunctional righteousness of God gained in the broken tablets of testimony which grasp the full specter of relations between man and God, we will turn, or rather return, to our essence of the study of Holy Truth that is, raised by God in the broken tablets of testimony. <inaudible> judgment. The judgment of every righteousness of God is the eternal and comes from the truth of the Word of God, which by nature is its source, root, and foundation. The judgment of every righteousness. And again, we are studying certain characteristics of the righteousness of God in the heart of a person. That the judgment of every righteousness of god revealed in the broken tablets is eternal and comes from the truth of the word of god which by nature is the source root and foundation the judgment of every righteousness psalms 119 verses 160 the entirety of your word is truth and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. We have noted that when we are referring to the Word of God that comes from the mouth of God and determines the natural essence of God, this is true and we must know that first and foremost it is the Holy Truth that determines the inner state of the depths of God. Because God, according to His eternal, unchanging, and immeasurable natural essence, is first and foremost always holy. And therefore, every characteristic of God, including God's righteousness, which derives from His unchanging and natural essence of His truth, is always holy. Because of this, God's righteousness is first and foremost and always holy, eternal, unchanging, and unconditional. The word holy first and foremost always refers to God, and then to those that have been born of God. And the essence of this characteristic is in fact that God, who is holy by nature, is always separated from sin and is not involved in the emergence of sin. Therefore, His love is, firstly, also His holy love, and therefore it is a love that selects. God cannot love anything that is not holy according to its origin. His holy love is always proportionate to His holy hate toward evil and lawlessness. He unconditionally loves all that which is holy in origin, and he unconditionally hates all that which is lawless in origin. Psalms 45, 8. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Righteousness and lawlessness are two programs that oppose one another. If they are not in a programmable device, which is a person or an angel, these programs cannot manifest themselves. God initially loves His holy righteousness in people and angels and initially hated wickedness in people and angels. Therefore, the carriers of wickedness, angels who do not maintain their virtue, and people who did not love the truth and defiled the sanctuary of their spirit, are the vessel of His scorching and all-incinerating anger. Whereas the carriers of His holy righteousness who have kept themselves from being involved in wickedness and have obtained victory over death, they are the vessels of his mercy. Romans 9 22 through 24. What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had prepared beforehand for glory? even us whom He called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles." Romans chapter 9, verses 22-24. through 24. Therefore, in a certain format, we have already studied with what virtue Scripture endows the righteousness of God in the broken tablets of testimony, and what purpose does the righteousness of God fulfill in the heart of a person. We have stopped to study the following question. according to what characteristics should we define a righteous person or with what measuring tool shall we define the righteousness of god in man the righteousness of one who is righteous is defined by his ability from the theme that abides in him to listen and to hear god's wisdom in his spirit through the revelation of urim Re- proverbs chapter 8 verse 6 Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. Everything that God's wisdom speaks in our spirit in the revelation of Arim, representing in our spirit the rule of the Holy Spirit, is called to be tested and defined by characteristics of righteousness that answer to the conditions in Scripture. If a person does not have the characteristics of righteousness in his heart that are called to yield the boundaries of God's holiness in his heart, which define the law of God in his heart, then he will never be able to hear the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will never be able to hear him. Because wisdom in the heart of man refers to a man who has a wise heart because to hear what wisdom says in the face of the Holy Spirit is possible only with our heart as it is written and I indeed have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you Exodus 31 6 that is why the voice of the Holy Spirit in the preached Word can be found out and understood only by the heart. A person who has a wise heart that can hear the revelations of wisdom representing the Holy Spirit in our heart is possible only under one circumstance, when the Holy Spirit is the Lord and Ruler of the heart of man. And for this purpose, it is necessary to die to our nation, our household, and our corrupt desires. In this manner, God's righteousness in the heart of man, as evidence of the broken tablets of testimony, is intended to be defined in man through his ability to hear the revelation of Urim in his heart in the face of the Holy Spirit, whom we accepted as Lord and Ruler of our life. And then, through the revelation of Arim, we build ourselves into a spiritual dwelling, holy place, that we could bring spiritual sacrifices that are pleasant to God, Jesus Christ. To be righteous is to enter into companionship with the wisdom of God and love it in the virtue of Arim in the face of the Holy Spirit. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way are the perverse mouth I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding I have strength. By me kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring riches and righteousness, my fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold. My revenue than choice silver. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 12 through 21. And to receive this goodness, we must find a good wife in the face of that congregation where the teaching of Jesus Christ is preached, where there is the fullness of the teaching, where we are able to find this goodness and receive grace from the Lord. The way of the righteous contained in the broken tablets of testimony by which wisdom walks in the face of the Holy Spirit, this is the teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh that is intended to abide in our heart in the virtue of the Meme, in the way of the righteousness, which is contained in the format of teaching of eternal judgment. According to the meaning of this proverb, a righteous man is a person who has obtained the virtue of a king in which through his wisdom he establishes righteousness and the righteousness of God through the boundaries of holiness in the limits of which he finds unfading riches to be a king a priest unto the Living God is when establishing God's righteousness to the law of God and the boundaries of our responsibility, we do not advise our flesh and not depend on the flesh. And for this purpose, it is necessary to hate evil, a proud heart and a high opinion, and an evil tongue. This kind of hatred is the same power that allows a person to die to his nation, his household, and his corrupt desires which are the keepers and distributors of all kinds of evil, pride, arrogance, evil ways, and insidious lips. Luke
1: chapter fourteen, verse twenty six.
0: If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, they cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Based on this place of scripture, we see that to walk after Christ and to carry our cross And when we do not do this, this means that we have accepted the distorted, distorted truth. Without hatred toward our nation, our household, and our corrupt desires, it is impossible to obtain the virtue of a king to enter into a companionship with the wisdom of God and love it in the virtue of reem in the face of the Holy Spirit. Thus, God's righteousness that abides in the heart of man as evidence of the broken tablets of testimony are intended to be defined in man by the power, or rather by the factor of his virtue as a king, in which he, as a king and priest unto the living God, establishes righteousness in his heart in the boundaries of holiness, which is also within the boundaries of his responsibility, including his essence." The righteousness of one who is righteous is defined by the right to inherit bliss in which all of his transgressions are forgiven and his sins are covered, in which God shall not impute sin. Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works, blessed, or rather blissful, are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Blessedness, or bliss, is the state and atmosphere in the boundaries of which man receives the right to be a part of the blessings, praise, and worship of God. Considering that blessedness in which God does not impute sin is contained in Christ Jesus, we know that this kind of state and atmosphere builds the characteristics of the kingdom of heaven and the heart of man. And to gain such a state is possible only in one circumstance. This is to be fertilized with the seed of the kingdom of heaven by accepting the preached word about the kingdom of heaven. And this is possible only through the word that is planted by the person who is clothed in the fatherhood of God. And although it is the choice and decision of a person to make the decision to accept the seed of the kingdom of heaven, a person can make this kind of decision only when he departs from the infancy of his soul and receives the right to leave his nation and his household. Accepting blessedness in her heart In the face of Jesus Christ in which God does not impute sin is to take the responsibility upon ourselves to represent the interests of Jesus Christ before heaven earth and hell in this manner God's righteousness that abides in the heart of man as evidence of the broken tablets of testimony are called to be defined by the presence of blessedness or bliss in which God does not impute sin To be righteous means to deny our personal righteousness that stands on the law of works and to fill our essence with God's righteousness because Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who who believes, Romans chapter 10, verses 3 through 4. According to these words, we can conclude that the reason for disobedience toward the righteousness of God lies in ignorance, which is the wickedness of man or the stiffness of man, as it is written. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because you have rejected knowledge. I also will reject you from being priest from me because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Therefore, the true righteousness of man is always defined by his obedience to the faith of God, which is possible under one condition, when a person leaves infancy and steps out from the rule of his soul, which is bound to our nation, household, and desires of our flesh. In this manner, God's righteousness that abides in the heart of a person, as evidence of the broken tablets of testimony, are called to be defined in man through his obedience to the faith of God, which is stated in our heart through the revelation of Arim in the face of the Holy Spirit. As it is written, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, Romans ten seventeen. Furthermore, we are studying what righteousness is and what does it mean to be righteous. To be righteous is to show the Kingdom of God in our lives, which depends on the food of eternity, yielding righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Romans 14:17 17-18 Basically, it is impossible to simultaneously depend on food of this world and food, food which dwells in everlasting life. We should also note that perishable food, according to its contents and its according to is not organized by organic products that is purchased for silver. Therefore, the main criteria of perishable food is silver, which is equal to money over which mammon stands. Now servant can serve two masters, for he either will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. cannot serve God and mammon. Luke 16, 13 A person who cannot present evidence that the kingdom of heaven dwells inside him, and these tripartite virtues, expressed in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, cannot serve Jesus Christ. Because of this, this kind of a person does not please God and does not deserve approval from people, and this means that this kind of person will inherit perdition and not salvation. And so, the righteousness that is gained in the broken tablets of testimony are closely interrelated with peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because peace and joy in the Holy Spirit is the fruit of righteousness that is the state of the heart of man and the atmosphere of the kingdom of heaven in his heart. In this case, we are referring to the personified world, which... Is Christ, in which two nations, Jews and Gentiles, are united among themselves. It is this kind of peace that is used to measure the relationship between God and man, and from this kind of peace comes the fruit of unearthly joy that ex- is expressed in love toward justice and hatred toward lawlessness. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14, 13 through 18. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, and to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, therefore putting to death the enmity, and he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. In this manner, it is God's righteousness that abides in the heart of a person, as evidence of of the broken tablets of testimony on one hand are intended to be defined in man through his dependence on the everlasting food consisting of a triad righteousness, peace, and joy, the Holy Spirit on the other hand God's righteousness is called to be defined in man based on his partaking to the new man in Christ Jesus made from two nations Jews and Gentiles and so to be righteous or to answer to the conditions of righteousness contained in the broken tablets of testimony is to be in Christ Jesus as a result of which we will begin to glorify the Lord. First Corinthians chapter one, verses thirty through thirty one. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written, He who glorifies, let him glory in the Lord. The ability to glorify the Lord defines that this man is contained in christ jesus which gives the holy spirit the opportunity to clothe this kind of man in wisdom righteousness sanctification and redemption if you remember then each time we are introduced to the factor of man being in christ jesus then we each time affirm that by being in christ jesus we re- he receives the opportunity to represent us before God, before the earth and before hell, or rather, protect our interests before God, before the earth and before hell. And in this case, this holy quartet, made from wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and redemption, is the fruit of our righteousness in Jesus Christ, gained in the broken tablets of testimony which gives us the legal right and ability to glorify the Lord. Jeremiah, Jeremiah nine twenty three 23-24, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, but not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glorifies glory in this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord, exercising lovingkindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. In practice, a person for whom Christ was not made into wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, redemption cannot have the right and ability to glorify the Lord. On the contrary, this person in a circumstance will use the abilities that were God given to glorify himself. Ezekiel chapter twenty eight verses sixteen through eighteen. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was filled up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the crown, I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities by the iniquity of your trading, therefore I brought fire from your midst, and devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you." In this manner, God's righteousness dwelling in the heart of a person, as evidence of the broken tablets of testimony, is defined in a person through his thanksgiving to boast of the Lord and to rejoice and trust in our Lord. But a, let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. Psalms chapter 5, verses 12-13 To be righteous or answer to the conditions of righteousness in the broken tablets of testimony is to walk as children of light, which in practice means to bring fruit of the Spirit, which is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Ephesians 5, 8, 9, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. In this case, goodness is the root out of which grows righteousness and truth. Because goodness is the definition of the grace of God that reigns in the heart of a person through the righteousness that he practices. Let as sin reign in death, even so grace might reign through the righteousness to eternal life, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5:21. This is referring to a kind of righteousness that is the fruit of grace grown out of the seed of the preached word about justification, which is defined by the grace of God. Therefore, between the gift of grace that is yielded in the seed of righteousness in which we receive justification through our birth from the seed of the word of truth, and the fruit of grace, yielded by fruit of righteousness by which we can define the presence of righteousness in a person, there exists a big difference. If a person, under any circumstances, does not bring fruit of righteousness in the time allotted to him by God, then the justification that he received as a gift of grace will be lost. Because of this, the name of this person will be blotted out of the Book of Life. Therefore, based on these words, we note that the command to walk as children of light tells us that it is a decision of man in which he can either accept the conditions to act as the children of light or to reject the conditions to act as the children of light would and instead act as the sons of this world. According to this command, light that enters our heart from the revelation of Urim in the boundaries of the Thumim in our heart will be made from all goodness, righteousness, and truth, which means that the fruit of all goodness will be the fruit of every righteousness and the fruit of every truth. This holy triad is yielded by the power and virtue of light that is called to yield the fruit of our spirit to be revealed in our spirit through God's holiness which will distinguish righteousness from lawlessness in our heart Allows us to be a part of the children of light. If you remember the phrase, You were once darkness, and now you are the light in the Lord, this points to the reality or the state that children of God cannot always be sons of light. It could only be so when they depart from dependence on their soul, but before this, the light inside of them will be defined as darkness. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore, your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, therefore, the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Matthew chapter 6, verses 22-23. through 23. The lamp that illuminates the state of our body before God is our born-again spirit from God. Oil is yielded by the meme, or rather the teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh. If we, through instruction and faith, did not bring the law of righteousness into our hearts in the form of the teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh in all its fullness, then the light that is in us will be darkness. In the same way that the light that was created by God in the first day of His creation was darkness for all the earth, and it was unable to shine on the earth and guide the earth. And only on the fourth day, when the sun, moon, and stars were made, did the light begin to shine on earth and separate light from darkness and guide the earth. Therefore, when we are introduced to the command to be light, And this command is referring to that category of people who, through an instruction in faith, have cleansed their conscience from dead works through Urim by sanctifying the thumim that abides in their hearts, and that they allowed God, which they allowed God to place in their hearts. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. Let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 4 through 10. In this manner, the righteousness of God that abides in the heart of man, as evidence of the broken tablets of testimony, is called to be defined in man through the nurturing of the unfading seed of the word of truth, to be a Son of Light. The light of suns of the light should be identified by the manifestation of all goodness, righteousness, and truth, that is yielded by the presence of the meme in their hearts, in the format of the teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh. And so the fruit of all goodness expresses itself. In consistency and good works yielded by the fruit of all righteousness, this is when a person seeks glory, honor, and mortality. The fruit of all righteousness is when a person, in his consistency, searches garments for God and the garments of glory, which Adam had lost in Eden, and instead chose the fig leaves, which define the nature of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And to resurrect in our memories, our idea, fruits of all righteousness and all truth in which we are called to be clothed in, it will be necessary for us to remember their literal meaning. The fruit of all righteousness expresses itself in the fruit of all justice that yields retribution that is intended to be expressed in harvest for good and for evil. And he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. Revelation 22, 10-12. It is impossible to run away or hide from the imminent retribution of the fair judgment of God. It overtakes a person like a ripened harvest or like birth pains that suddenly develop or that suddenly envelop a woman at the time of the birth of a child. And a person will be faced to reap that harvest that he had sown at some point in the seed. And when we are talking about retribution expressed in the harvest sown by us, the harvest of some people can significantly differ from the harvest of others. Everything will depend on what seed we will allow at some point to be accepted by us on the field of our spirit, either the good or evil seed. A good seed is the seed of the word of truth that comes from the mouth of God transmitted to us by the people of the messengers of God. And an evil seed is the seed of the word of lies that are brought forth as truth that come from the mouth of the dragon, the false prophet and antichrist, and transmitted to people by messengers who are princes of darkness, who call themselves sons of light, but remain sons of darkness. Romans 2, 3-8 And do you think this, O man, you who judge those according to you, who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, they will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of His goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelations of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds. Eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good, Seek for glory, honor, and immortality, but to those who are self seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Romans chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. The fruit of all truth expresses itself in trust in God that is yielded in, pers- in precise words of truth that do not damage the promises that are contained in Scripture. Proverbs or rather Psalms twenty two verses nineteen through twenty one, so that your trust may be in the Lord I have instructed you today, even you. Have I not written to you excellent things of counsels and knowledge that I may make you know the certainty of the words of truth, that you may answer words of truth to those who send to you? To be righteous, or to answer to the conditions of righteousness that is gained in the broken tablets of testimony. Is to keep our paths straight according to the wisdom understanding and counsel of the lord a wicked man hardens his face but as for the upright he establishes his way there is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the lord proverbs 21 verses 29 through 30. if and here pastor t- pays our attention that in these words a hardened face in the def- is the definition of the wicked man who perverts his path before God. And this perversion consists of the fact that he places his wisdom and his mind in place of the wisdom and mind of God. Whereas the face of a righteous person is defined by the fact that he keeps his path right before God. And to keep our path straight or upright before God is necessary for a righteous person to reject his personal intellectual capabilities, so that he could gain the wisdom, understanding, and counsel of the Lord, which he could receive only through instruction in faith, from the person that has been established by God to teach us along the paths of righteousness of God that are always straight. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death, Proverbs 14.12. Our paths are our thoughts and our words that come from our flesh. These are our acts, actions, our behavior that are inspired by the flesh. Our thoughts, our goals that are portrayed as the will of God. as being led by prophecies that resist the spirit of scripture. The virtue that comes from the flesh. This is the acceptance of gifts and the quality of the fruit of spirit and being led by by an evil spirit that is the evil spirit. This might seem straight to us, especially when we ourselves try to define in the body of Christ to teach, to do good, or to evangelize. Not even understanding and not even thinking that this is a straight path, but the straight path to death. And so, the definition of a right or a straight path are the revelations of God that come from Urim. It is a linear path, the path of the the commandments and statutes of Holy Scripture. This is the order and the structure of divine theocracy. It is the knowledge over ourselves, or the acknowledgement over ourselves, the authority of the anointed man of God over us. the image of the righteous thinking it is being led by the holy spirit it is the path that is linear faithful and rectified is correct straight honorable true accepted and pleasing to god jeremiah chapter 35 verse 15 i have also sent to you all my servants and the prophets rising up early and sending them saying turn now everyone from his evil way amend your doings And do not go after other gods to serve them then you will dwell in the land which I have given you and your fathers you have not inclined your ear nor obeyed me Jeremiah 35 15 in this manner the righteousness of God that abides in the heart of a person as evidence of the broken tablets of testimony, are called to be defined in man by his right or straight path before the Lord, yielded in his inclined ear before the preached word of God, so that they could hear God. And so, to summarize, we will define biblical truth, biblical justice, biblical righteousness, and biblical righteousness where a pastor provides a specific definition. Biblical truth is a legislation of God that defines the essence of God's being in His righteousness and holiness of truth. Biblical justification is adoption, or rather our partaking to the heritage of God through our redemption for Christ Jesus that is expressed and the abolishment of guilt and sin not being imputed to man. Biblical definition of a righteous is the definition of a person who is holy and blameless, who walks before God, who died to sin and is alive to righteousness, and by his faith he pleases God. And biblical righteousness is a definition of the kingdom of God in the heart of a person is expressed in the holiness of God, in the justice of God, in the boundaries of the law of righteousness, as well as the calling that yields the boundaries of our responsibility. Amen. May the Lord bless us in our prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you. We thank you for this great privilege that we have to be in this place that has been blessed by you, that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. We thank you for this living word. That you give to us for these revelations, for this knowledge in the name of Jesus Christ. May your holy name be glorified, magnified here on this place. As the Lord lives, the, ro- the horn of our salvation, who has delivered our soul from death. And as great is might in us. Which he granted us in his son Jesus Christ. We thank you for these promises that we are able to receive only. through this word that is planted. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the resurrection of Christ in our bodies. We thank you that this perishable body is called into imperishability. We thank you that our dwelling in heaven where we wait for the Lord and our Savior who will transform our body in such a way that it is going to be likened to your body we thank you for this glorified body that you have prepared for your chosen remnants who have accepted this truth in their heart Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy, the mercy that you showed to us. We thank you. you have resurrected us in the resurrection of jesus christ to a living hope to an imperishable inheritance that is pure and unfading that is kept in heaven to us for us ready to be revealed in the end times we thank you glorify and magnify you May your name be glorified and magnified. We thank you for that word that you give to us to lead us to perfection and fullness. And Friday and Sunday, may your anointed man of God be blessed. May he or rather, may this word be given to prepare your church rapture we thank you lord for this word we magnify and exalt you and worship you our almighty god father son and holy spirit amen our father who is in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day Our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen and so let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation